everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take, baby. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. I love it when news breaks in the morning, so we're going to be discussing this Matt Canada firing for sure. We're going to be talking about Thursday night football. Sorry, Monday night football. Where am I at? Uh, for sure. And we're going to be talking about all other news stories that I found this morning while, while scrounging up the show sheet. So let's go ahead, sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. just realizing this is totally off off topic here but i'm drinking from a rockies mug can someone remind me did the rockies win the uh the uh the world series again don't really follow baseball but i i feel like the rockies won the world series i feel like i heard that uh and if so i have a funny aside to talk about that's totally off topic that literally just hit my mind and that's why we do things live but if somebody could remind me if the colorado rockies uh won the world series i'm pretty sure they did and if so We've got a good aside to talk about, but first, but first, let's go ahead and talk about Monday night football, not Thursday night football, Monday night football. We had the Chiefs. We had the Eagles. We were all excited. We thought this would be an awesome game. We were like Super Bowl rematch. We were like Kansas City. We were like the Swift and Kelsey family meetup. Uh, all of this fun stuff was supposed to be a good game. Well, the game kind of sucked. Honestly, when I first started putting together the show sheet, I was like, I have no notes for this game. It was just weird, but I do have some stuff to talk about for sure. First off, not even about the game, but kind of about the game. The Chiefs have now been shut out in the second half for three straight games. In fact, season long, the Browns have scored more total points than the Chiefs this season. So something is going wrong in Kansas City. Of course, it starts with this honestly awful wide receiver core. Kadarius Toney is not it. Sky Moore is not it. Rasheed Rice has been fine. He's been totally fine. Uh, And Travis Kelsey is just not having as good of a year as he should have. Uh, But all that being said, the Chiefs offense is just not looking good. And they lose this game to the Eagles, really in part to lots of drop passes from the wide receivers. Uh, The turnover, the lost fumble from Travis Kelsey. uh, It was just not all there for them, despite a really a fantastic defensive performance. Trent McDuffie in particular was having a career game. He he saved my IDP team, won me the matchup because of his performance. Uh, But otherwise, this Chiefs team is really in disarray, and I'm not sure what's going on. We could talk about this Kelsey Swift drama as actually Taylor Swift's parents and Travis Kelsey's parents were supposed to meet for the first time at this game. It was supposed to be this whole big ordeal, but Taylor Swift had to cancel as she had a show in Brazil that she had to move. Uh, and that might be why Travis Kelsey had such an underwhelming game. He, he only has seven receptions for 44 yards, which is low for Kelsey. And he has that lost fumble. He had a couple drops too. It took until the second quarter for him to uh, catch a pass. Don't know if trouble is impaired or if there's some... Par- some trouble in paradise over in the Kelsey Swift uh, relationship. But Kelsey Kelsey did last night kind of seem out of it. I don't know if you guys agree with me here, but every time they showed him, like, he just seemed way in his head. And so I hope that we can figure out what went on here uh, and and that Kelsey can bounce back. Uh, But, I mean, it was not even just him. Patrick Mahomes, 24-43, so almost a 50% completion percentage with only 177 pass yards. Like, that's not a Patrick Mahomes stat line. That's a Zach Wilson stat line. Of course, the fact that Patrick Mahomes got a couple touchdowns, that's something Zach Wilson won't do. But Patrick Mahomes looked pedestrian. Justin Watson, this is what I wanted to talk about. Justin Watson, 
probably the most undervalued wide receiver in fantasy football this season. I know it's not great in terms of only having like a five points per game, but he has six games with over 40 yards. And in this game, he had 11 targets, brought in five of them for 53 yards and a touchdown was the leading receiver. And he's always, and I mean always, doing that. Always. He's always showing up and catching, whether it be clutch passes, whether it be touchdowns, whether it just be a deep pass, it's always going to Justin Watson. And he has this connection with Patrick Mahomes. And Justin Watson has a good profile too. Like if you go to playerprofiler.com, you see that he has a 70th percentile 40, an 88th percentile speed score, an 80th percentile burst score, a 90th percentile catch radius. You see he's 6'2 and 215 pounds. And yet while he's attached to the Chiefs offense, no one wants him. No one wants him. And again, I know it's just like five points per game, but in these deeper leagues, like for example, I have him in my 32 team league. I mean, dude is a stud there. And I'm sure he even has some utility in say 12, 14 team leagues where you start a bunch of players. Like he could end up being a flex, especially if he's going to continue to get 11 targets. I mean, that is really, really nothing to scoff at. And so Justin Watson is somebody I'm picking up if he's available, which he should be based on what I've seen with him. I mean, no one ever rosters him. And I honestly might argue that he could be flexed a, a little bit going forward as Michael Harbin picked up an injury and Rasheed Rice's post by usage was, was fairly underwhelming, only four receptions for 42 yards. Uh, it, Justin Watson is literally the best Chiefs wide receiver right now. And that, and that is saying something. So uh, again, you could get him for extremely cheap. And I honestly think he has some utility in deeper leagues. Seeing 11 targets is really, really something else for the, for the Eagles though. I, the big thing I wanted to watch going into this game was what are they going to do without Dallas Goddard? And it was clear that Dallas Goddard uh, missing was detrimental really to this Eagles offense. They did not look right at all. AJ Brown only had one catch for eight yards off of four targets. Uh, and uh, we had, Grant Calcaterra getting injured. So you were just stuck with Jack Stoll and Albert Okuigbunum. Albert Okuigbunum, by the way, I don't even know if I saw him. Uh, definitely didn't have a catch, didn't even have a target. It was Jack Stoll who had a catch. It was Julio Jones who had two catches, but neither of them even eclipsed six yards. I mean, it was just really bad outside of Devontae Smith. And even then, he only had six receptions for 99 yards, which is obviously like good. Like you're not going to complain about that. But when that's the best receiver and you win the game and AJ Brown only has one reception. Like something is just definitely off too with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts didn't look that good. 150 pass yards, no passing touchdowns and one interception. Luckily had 29 rush yards and two rushing touchdowns, both off the, off the brotherly shove. So without that, I mean, it's a pedestrian day for him too. So concerns here really on both sides. The chiefs defense though, is kind of the big storyline here. They are fantastic. And it's surprising to see that they are really the best part of this Chiefs team. I mean, this offense has been really bad, to be completely honest with you. Not scoring in the second half in three straight games. Having the Cleveland Browns score more points than you all year when Deshaun Watson hasn't been playing well. When Dorian Thompson-Robinson's been the quarterback. When P.J. Walker's been the quarterback. I mean, there are some serious, serious issues there. Not sure what's going to fix it. Uh, and lastly, the MVP of this game, I'm giving it to my man, D Swizzle, DeAndre Swift in the absence of Taylor Swift, the other Swift did show up 12 carries for 76 yards, a rushing touchdown, and also three pretty nice receptions for 31 yards. He looked 
really, really good. DeAndre Swift has been fantastic all season. So those are kind of the takeaways here. Uh, I I want Justin Watson to be, you know, looked at a little bit deeper than he is. I feel like people just kind of gloss over him, and I'm not really sure why. I think that he's been showing up really consistently, especially since, like, going back to, like, last playoffs and into this season as well. I think he needs to be rostered. I really, really do. So those are my thoughts on Thursday Night Football. Let's check the chat real quick before we move into everything else. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Love to see you guys here this 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 fine morning. Um, let's see. Eagles O-line look terrible. This is true. Um, Dakota asks where you get good IDP advice. Honestly, not sure. You can ask me IDP questions, Dakota. But uh, really, I think like Fantasy Pros has some rankings. I've tried to get some IDP stuff at Player Profiler, but we're just we're still trying to iron out all of the regular stuff first that we don't want, really want to get that niche yet. Uh, but, you know, we'll, I can help if you want to ask some questions as well. We have an IDP section in the Player Profiler Discord as well. So uh, if you want to check out the Player Profiler Discord at playerprofiler.com slash chat, that's where you can get some IDP advice, Dakota. Let's see. Uh, Jalen Carter did almost intercept a spike pass. I did want to talk about that because, you know, Falcons legend Grady Jarrett has done that. So that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, did I get into the playoffs and Scott Fishbowl? Still waiting, Ryan. Still waiting to see if I made the point cut off. I did not win my matchup. Uh, if, if Devontae Smith scored that touchdown instead of falling on the one, I would have definitely made the playoffs. I would have gone 2-0 and this week. That was the deciding factor. Devontae Smith falling on the one yard line instead of getting into the end zone. Jalen Hurts, if you just thrown that ball a little bit further. But I think I'll get in on points cutoff. I'll let you guys know. And Ryan, if any of you, really, if any of you are tuning in right now and you have the ability to see Scott Fishbowl standings, I've been refreshing my email all morning to see if there's updates. If the update does come on while I'm live, let me know and let me know what the point cutoff is because I'm curious if I did make it. I see a lot of people here on TikTok saying Matt Canada got fired. This is true. That's actually what we're going to talk about next. Uh, so keep asking your trade questions. We'll get to those after we run down the news. Uh, and really just all your questions in general. But let's talk about it. Matt Canada was fired this morning, guys. And I think, ironically enough, I legit, legitimately, I was preparing my show sheet before the news broke. Like, I, obviously, I'm working on this, but like, not just an hour before we go. Uh, and I was legitimately going to talk about firing Matt Canada and how I felt like he needed to be fired and that the Steelers are in complete disarray and that there's some issues here. And then about 30 minutes later, after I prepared my argument, he gets fired. Uh, so now we're just going to kind of talk about it. It's a good thing. Matt Canada, clearly not a good offensive coordinator. And that's kind of been the issue all season. Lots of people have been complaining about him, not just Steelers fans, but fantasy football fans just in general, as well as Steelers offensive players have been complaining about Matt Canada. And I remember that Matt Canada, we talked about it. He had that weird burner account where he was just defending himself all over Twitter, saying that, you know, it's not the play calling, it's that the players aren't executing. That's just embarrassing. And that shows he's not a leader and that shows he's not a good coordinator. So I am glad that he's been fired. Some things that I was going to talk about today about this, and we'll still talk about it because it's still relevant. There's a lot of interesting things here. First off, Kenny Pickett has been absolutely terrible. Whether that be Kenny Pickett or Matt Canada, we're going to find out. And that was why this was my main argument as why as I felt Matt Canada needed to be fired because they needed some more time to see if it's Kenny Pickett or Matt Canada. And so these last few games of the season, this is the Kenny Pickett audition to be the starting quarterback in 2024 because he's been awful. And to put it into perspective, CBS, NFL on CBS tweeted this out. Since the merger, since the merger, so basically NFL history, 
315 quarterbacks have thrown the ball more than 500 times. Kenny Pickett is the only one, so the worst quarterback in NFL history in terms of touchdown rate. Kenny Pickett has only thrown a touchdown on 1.9% of his throws. He is the only quarterback since the merger to have a touchdown on fewer than 2% of his attempts. Terrible, terrible rate. And that is why I felt Kenny Pickett and the Steelers needed an opportunity without this offensive coordinator. Because if we see Kenny Pickett come back to life and we see maybe some of this Konami code floor, or if we see him even just throw one touchdown pass, then we'll see that Matt Canada was the issue. And so I'm glad that the Steelers are making this move just to see what Kenny Pickett has in the tank. Because if I were the Steelers and I didn't fire up Matt Canada and I finished this season exactly how Kenny Pickett had been saying and playing, I probably would have been offering Tom Brady all the money in the world to come play quarterback for me next season because this Steelers team is too good around the quarterback for them to be playing as bad as they are, especially on offense. And another stat here about Pickett, over the last four games, he's only averaging 116 pass yards and one touchdown pass. So just on, again, just terrible. Kenny Pickett has been awful these last few weeks, and it starts with Matt Canada, and it doesn't even end there. Reportedly on Sunday, Deontay Johnson got into an altercation with an unnamed Steeler coach. I'm going to assume now that that was probably Matt Canada. Here's the quote. Johnson was getting visibly upset during the sideline in the second half, and that offensive tackle Broderick Jones had to pick him up and carry him away from a member of the coaching staff, and that led to a lengthy sideline talk between Johnson and Mike Tomlin. He also added that Deontay Johnson refused to speak to the media after the game, said that you all saw what happened. Uh, Kenny Pickett even admitted to having some communication issues with Johnson in the game. Uh, George Pickens, uh, obviously he had his meltdown a couple weeks ago on social media. We even saw Najee Harris come out after the game on Sunday and said there's a lot of stuff that goes around that you guys don't see. I guess that I'm just trying to say that I'm at a point where I'm tired of this shit. And so to see so many players have a meltdown and be this frustrated with the coaching staff shows that a change needed to happen. So a round of applause to the Steelers brass to uh, to really firing Matt Canada. And hopefully they can turn it around because the Steelers team, again, especially on defense, but honestly the weapons around Kenny Pickett as well are too good for them to be as bad as they are on offense. It is just honestly terrible, terrible football going on. And so I'm very excited to see what can happen now, especially as a Kenny Pickett uh, manager in a Superflex league. So speaking of a coach getting fired, here's a coach that needs to get fired. Uh, and that is Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley on Sunday, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, how he was getting really defensive when asked about Quentin Johnson and saying how, you know, he's still a good player, had a good camp, yada, 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 yada. But really this whole interview, I, I've watched this whole interview now, and it is just awful. Brandon Staley is having a meltdown right now, and you can tell that the pressure is getting to him, and you can tell that he's on the hot seat. Dude is just totally peeved, which means uh, he's just being defensive, and he's being uh, really mean towards reporters. In this interview that he you know, was really defensive about Quentin Johnson, he also went on to say, it's not my job to speak to the fan base, uh, and also went on to say that the defense is playing well and that the offense is the problem and that he's going to keep calling the defensive plays and that there's no issues there. Well, Brandon Staley, your offense is 8th in points for right now and 23rd in points allowed. I know that those are just two simple stats, but still, it shows that the offense is clearly playing better than your defense that you're so proud of, Brandon Staley. So the fact that he's a terrible interviewer, the fact he doesn't care about the fan base, 
the fact that he thinks his defense is playing way better than he is, and the fact he's not accepting any responsibility for how poor this team is shows that he's not a good leader, shows that he should be fired, and again, he will be fired, but it should have been happening earlier than it is. And what's confusing about this is Brandon Staley has never been good, really. His entire time with the Chargers has been a failure. I feel like since like week three of his first season there, he's been on the hot seat. And so I don't know how he's lasted this long. So I'm excited for him to get fired because I want to see this Chargers offense look good again. And I want to see Justin Herbert play some ball uh, because we're not seeing that. And it's really just awful. I mean, they let Jordan Love just throw 300 yards on them. So I don't know how Brandon Staley can even say or think that the defense is playing well. So Chargers also looking to have another coaching change. And while we're speaking of coaches or really just team decisions in general, we're going to finally talk about this Zach Wilson news. As yesterday after Wake and Take, it did come out that he would be officially benched. This morning, it came out even further that not only is Zach Wilson going to be benched, Zach Wilson is super benched. Zach Wilson has been relegated all the way down to QB3 on the Jets depth chart. So right now it's Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, and then Zach Wilson. Wilson. We're not going to talk about Trevor Simeon, who actually I do think Trevor Simeon will end up seeing the starting position over Tim Boyle at some point. Tim Boyle is just not a good quarterback. From what I've read, he's a good film and study quarterback. And that's what Aaron Rodgers talked about, that he's good to be in the locker room, but he is not a good starting quarterback. Over his career, he has a 60% completion percentage. He has 600 yards off of 73 completions, three touchdowns and nine interceptions. Not good. And his one season that he kind of had, he had three games or he or four games-ish where he was like the starter for the Lions in 2021. He finished those games 61 of 94, 526 yards, three touchdowns, and six interceptions. So Tim Boyle is not that good. And I honestly, I mean, it looks like he's a little bit better than Zach Wilson. As Zach Wilson has a lower completion percentage in his career with 21 touchdowns to 25 interceptions. But still, I can't imagine it's that much of an upgrade, if an upgrade at all. Trevor Simeon might be. I'm not going to lie. I know Trevor Simeon hasn't been that good, but I think he could probably do a little bit better than Zach Wilson. But either way, I'm a bit frustrated with this move. And I'm sure you guys saw this and knew exactly what I was going to say, especially as a guy who had been uh, really tearing into Arthur Smith for his decision to bench Desmond Ritter. I'm going to say the same thing about Zach Wilson. I don't understand why you go this far and then bench him. I... I it, you had so many opportunities as the Jets front office, as the Jets um, head coach, Robert Solid, uh, so many opportunities to fix this, whether it had been making a move before the trade deadline, whether that had been signing a quarterback weeks ago, whether it be really anything, maybe not trade away Mike White. I don't know, but you've seen Zach Wilson for two seasons now going on three, and he hasn't really showed any promise. I know there were a couple games here and there where he started to trend in the right direction, and then the next game he looked like shit again. And so Zach Wilson being benched uh, this late to me is a bad move because they should have just benched him so long ago and had another option. At this point, if I'm a head coach, I'm just rolling with this guy. I mean, you've made it this far. I I don't like what is Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon going to do? I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Especially since he had a couple games where he showed a little bit of promise. I would just work on something. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know here, but it's just, it's, you can't go 11 weeks into the season 
Talk about how much you believe in him. Talk about how much you feel he's going to have a long career in the league. And talk about how you don't even think about another option and how he's going to be the starter rest of season. And then get this far and do it. It's just, it's weird. It shows no conviction from the coaching staff. Uh, and it, and now moving him down to third string also is just a huge blow to the confidence, which probably deserving. You know, I know he hasn't been playing well. But still, this Jets team, like, it's not, it's just not going to get fixed. Like, they're just bad. And I'm not expecting Tim Boyle to do any better. So I, I don't know. I, you know, Basically what I'm saying is I'm a big fan of conviction. And if you're going to say you believe something and in someone, you better have the actions to back it up. And you better, and you damn sure better not go wishy-washy after it can't even be solved. Because now you let Carson Wentz get signed. Now you've missed the trade deadline. And now you're stuck with Tim Boyle, who shout out Castellon on the Instagram chat. Says that even in college, he wasn't good. 14 touchdowns and 26 interceptions in his college career. I mean, the guy has literally never been good, and yet he's given an opportunity over a younger quarterback who at least had some love from, like, you know, his his locker room teammates. I don't know. But a, a weird move, mostly, though, because it took so long. Like, why did they wait so long? At this point, they should have just wrote it out. Because, again, what is Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon going to do any better than what Zach Wilson was doing. But either way, hey, we have someone to pick up on waivers in Superflex Leagues that this week, and that is both Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. In fact, I think Trevor Simeon is the perfect like arbitrage pickup. Everyone's going to be rushing for Tim Boyle and probably Desmond Ritter if he was dropped. But I think Trevor Simeon will get the start, not this week, but next week, as Tim Boyle is just not, not good. Tim Boyle is just not good. So... That is that news. And then just a quick victory lap while we're on the subject of quarterbacks being benched. Desmond Ritter's back, baby. We haven't officially been able to talk about it, but Desmond Ritter is back. You guys know I've been waiting for this. I said since he got benched that it was the wrong move and that he would be starting again. And well, what happened, ladies and gentlemen? He is back. And I know, I know, I know he's not that good of a quarterback. But he's been okay for fantasy football. He had a few games with over 250 yards. He was getting the rushing touchdowns. And again, he was making the Falcons offense exciting. He added an element that Taylor Heineke took away. And again, this is why I talk about coaching being important and conviction being important. I have no earthly idea how Arthur Smith, this guy who pins himself as a genius and has this system that is pretty unique. Like it is definitely like, this is an Arthur Smith system that he's running in Atlanta. The, these RPOs, the play actions, the heavy running, the, the using your second string tight end in such a massive way. That's an Arthur Smith thing. And in Arthur Smith's head, he wants a mobile quarterback a la Desmond Ritter. And yet he went away from that. I know Taylor Heineke has a little bit of wheels, but he doesn't have Desmond Ritter wheels. He doesn't have Marcus Mariota wheels. And so to me, that move was just completely, uh, it was just the opposite of what the Falcons offense needed and what Arthur Smith's philosophy is all about. And so I don't know why he didn't just stay convicted in Desmond Ritter and roll with him. And so now we get to see it again. Now we get to see the quarterback again that is actually important for his offense and the one that should have been commanding this offense all year. And I'll wager to say the Falcons will go on a playoff run here and they will still win the NFC South. And it's going to start here with Mr. Ritter. Quick things, and then I do see your comments here on TikTok, Amar. Don't worry, I'll get you. Just a couple quick things. Tank Dell, officially Tank Dell. No news about it, but he is officially changing his name from Nathaniel to Tank. It is no longer Nathaniel, nicknamed Tank Dell. His name is just Tank Dell. 
So a quick round of applause because I like that. I think that's a cool move. And lastly, just injury updates. We'll have more information. I'll, I'll update you guys uh, with this stuff all week. But Mark Andrews, his injury that he picked up this week, it is not feared to be as serious as originally expected. Uh, Harbaugh did come out and say there's an outside chance that he returns this season. To me, I'm reading that as he'll be back for the playoffs and potentially maybe like the last game of the season or last two uh, if, you know, they need the wins. But I'm going to assume that this is just Mark Andrews will be able to return for the playoffs and help them out. I think he's done for the regular season. But again, we don't know for sure. Still waiting on total updates here. Next up, we have Cooper Cup, who we were really worried about this injury, but it is looking like he will be okay. Cooper Cup is officially day-to-day per Sean McVay, uh, and it is a mild ankle sprain. I'm going to go ahead and wager that he misses this week. I think he might miss this week. I think they'll take the cautious route uh, and then bring him back in week 13. But we'll, again, see. Kyron Williams, also a Ram, uh, confirmed. Confirmed that Kyron Williams will be returning this week. This is per Sean McVay. So uh, look to see what happens here. Uh, We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I do expect that this will be a Kyron Williams gets the bulk, but I don't expect Royce Freeman or Daryl Henderson to be completely relegated to zero touches. I think both of them could still see five touches or so. Kenny McIntosh, the next injury update, he will be making his first start on Thursday as it is looking more and more likely that Kenneth Walker will be out for at least a couple weeks. Kenny McIntosh has been on IR all year and should be making his first start on Thursday. Uh, P. Carroll said it, it was, some, I don't remember the exact verbiage, but it was basically he's going to go right to the front lines. And so that is really good to hear. If he's available in your league, I do recommend picking him up just to see. Uh, he's not the most athletic player, but he is a really good pass catcher. Uh, so we could see some, you know, screens or something going his way. He could end up being something in a deeper PPR league. So pick him up. And lastly, the Justin Jefferson. It is looking like he may not be back until week 14 per Adam Schefter. Uh, this is just waiting for after the Vikings buy to return from injury. That is probably the worst news to hear about Justin Jefferson, as it was reported weeks ago that he would return last week. So to hear now that there's still a couple more weeks in his recovery is not what you want to hear. So Justin Jefferson, still not poised to return even this week, still probably a couple more weeks until he's back out there. And finally, guys, the waivers. Just real quickly here, if Desmond Ritter is available, go pick him up. If Zach Charbonnet is available, go pick him up. If Khalil Shakir, Dontavian Wicks, or Justin Watson are available, go pick them up. And I had also just talked about Kenny McIntosh, but those are really the only players I'm targeting this week. Uh, If you want fab guidance, ask, uh, and we'll get to it. But that is all the news and updates I have for you guys. Let's go ahead and answer your questions. I'll start out here on TikTok. Would you trade Lamb for Swift and Cup? If I am contending and it's redraft and I don't need to win like within the next couple weeks, like I'm locked into the playoffs, I think I do do that. Would you start Kyron Williams this week? You have Joe Mixon, Gus Edwards, and B-Rob. I might just wait to see what the Rams do. Amar asks, should you give Jamar Chase for Kenneth Walker and Cup? No, you should hold on to Jamar Chase for sure. Uh, Would you trade Gus Edwards for Khalil Herbert and Joshua Dobbs? Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, Should I pick up Isaiah Likely? Yes, definitely. Yes, that's actually a waiver I needed to add. Isaiah Likely needs to be picked up as well. I don't think he'll be anywhere near as good as Mark Andrews, but he definitely needs to be picked up. Kenneth Walker's status, uh, it's looking like he'll at least be out Thursday. 
and maybe with the long week he could return. But I think he's at least going to be a couple weeks, but we don't have the full details of what his injury is. Uh, it's just reported as an oblique strain, uh, and that it could mean so many different things. Uh, would you start Isaiah Likely or Pat Fryermuth? Probably Pat Fryermuth. Isaiah Likely or Logan Thomas? Probably Logan Thomas. All right. Let's check your YouTube comments as well. Hey, let's go. I made Scott Fishbowl playoffs. Let's go. Let's go. Ranked uh, 1,035. Cool. So this is now I've had two Scott Fishbowl seasons, and I've made the playoffs in both of them. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Last season was much better. Last season, I was one of the last undefeated teams. I made it, I think it was 11 weeks without losing a single game, whether that be against the median or my matchup. Uh, it did fail miserably as I had uh, Jalen Hurts, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup last season. And you all remember how the end of the year went for those players. But still, uh, glad to see I've made the playoffs yet again. Thanks for letting me know, Ryan. Uh, let's see. Yes, Anthony, this is exactly right. Perfect time to find out for the Steelers what they have in Kenny Pickett. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. If the Jets get a top five pick and Rodgers coming back next year, that is a win for the future of the Jets. This is true, Nicholas. But... What I'm saying is, I mean, I assume Zach Wilson would have led them into a top five draft pick as well. Ryan says, why not sign Colt McCoy? Sure, Colt McCoy is probably even better than damn Tim Boyle. So whatever, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. Again, the 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 malpractice here, the, the grievance I have is how it took so long and why it took so long. Like if you're just do it, like just, just either bench him or commit to him. Don't get wishy-washy in week damn 12. Like, it's just ridiculous. Delani Woods had a setback. That is the worst news I've ever heard. Sounds like he's out for the season. Then, if I, if I'm reading that correctly, uh, between the lines, hopefully he can return next season. But as Harry Snowman's points out, he does have a chronic shoulder injury, so it might it might just not happen for him. As athletic as he is, it's 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 awful. But we'll see. Maybe you know, maybe he just needs this one season to sit, and then he can come back in 2024 with the return of Anthony Richardson, and they can be the new Mandrews Lamar Jackson. Let's see. Um, with Mark Andrews out, will Zay Flowers or the running backs benefit the most? Uh, it's probably, I think I talked about this a little bit in yesterday's episode. I would say that it's going to be everyone. Again, I don't think that all of Mark Andrews volume is going to go to Isaiah Likely. That's just not how it works. And if that is how it worked, we would have seen that in week one when Mark Andrews was out. But instead in week one, when Mark Andrews was out, Isaiah Likely had one reception. So I do think Isaiah Likely is worth picking up, but I definitely am not anywhere near the consensus that he becomes a smash start going forward. Uh, we, I think that all of the Ravens will have these passes kind of consolidated between them. Say Flowers probably, if I had to guess, would be the bet, biggest benefactor, Paul, uh, just because of his just kind of shorter uh, intermediate route usage that he has on the team. Um, let's see. Uh yeah, people on TikTok do have zero patience, Ruckus, but they're nice. They're nice. We're getting some more here. Is Chris Godwin droppable for waiver wire uh, and full PPR? I just can't do it. I know he's been disappointing, but no, you can't drop Chris Godwin. Should you cut Najee Harris for Zach Charbonnet? I would hope you have another drop, but it sounds like these are like some Yahoo ESPN League stuff. I mean, completely honest with you, I do think Zach Charbonnet will score more points than Najee Harris rest of season, uh, depending on the severity of the Kenneth Walker injury. Uh, because we saw with uh, with Zach Charbonnet, he was the only running back when Kenneth Walker got hurt to even get a carry. Uh, out, DJ Dallas had like one. Uh, so uh, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet is going to have you know bell cow usage. So I do definitely think you need to spend up for him. Uh, Christian Kirk or Garrett Wilson rest of season. 
probably Christian Kirk. And would you trade Calvin Ridley for Zach Charbonnet and Raheem Mostert? Yes, I would pay notes, actually. Yes, 100%. Both of those are going to be good running backs for the stretch. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. Oh, one final thing. One final thing. Everyone listening, we had a really good turnout on the Top Dog Dynasty dog fight. This was the battle uh, contest that we have. It's me. It's Maddie Kiwoom. It's Matt Babish. It's Seth Dewald. We all put in on one of our Dynasty teams and compete every week to see who can score the most points. End of season, whoever scores the most total points throughout the tournament will win a signed Saquon Barkley jersey. So if you entered last week, make sure you enter again. We just re-upped the, con- the contest again for this week. It is the same link. I just put it in the chat. It is rewards.playerprofiler.com slash top dash dog. Again, this is a free contest. You can import your best dynasty team and you can take us on. Still, we've had three weeks of this contest. A player profiler host has won every single week. Matt Babich in week one, me in week two, and Matty Kiwoom won last week. So make sure you join because we need to see someone take down one of the player profiler show hosts uh, before it's too late. But either way, one of you guys will win a signed Saquon Barkley jersey. So get signed up today. Uh, it's a fun little contest over at Battle. There's some good guys over there. Fun. It's a really cool platform, genuinely. It's really fun being able to import your team and get some weekly winnings for a season-long contest. It's nice. It's really nice. So go join that today. Uh, and Ruckus, I'll answer your question just real quick, and then we will sign off. Would you trade DJ Moore for Rashad White? Yes, if you need a running back. But if you don't need a running back, like if it's just a trade to make a trade, I do think I might rather have DJ Moore because we just saw him finally show some signs of life. We have Justin Fields coming back. I think DJ Moore will be fine ultimately and probably has a slightly higher ceiling, but Rashad White does have that floor, which is nice. And if you're needing a running back, you could go with White for sure. So guys, that will do it. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. This was another great episode of The Wake and Take, and you guys were a great audience yet again. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Player Profiler YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. You all have a terrific Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.